I started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. I'm scared. What else can I say? Uh, I've I've felt a lot of shame over the fear and anxiety I have just been beaten up with over the last two weeks over this coronavirus thing. Uh, I'm very embarrassed. I was very embarrassed by it. And I want to talk about that on this week's show. It's uh, Sunday evening at 9:30 p.m., March 1st, 2020 news of the coronavirus is spreading quickly. I just got an alert that the first confirmed case is in New York City, which is uh, not too far from where I'm at. Just a short two, three hour drive. So I'm scared. Um, but I want to address that fear on this episode in a way that we'll look at, is it rational? Is it warranted? Um, and I want to do it in a way that's not going to be fear porn. I'm not going to go through a ton of current events. I'm not going to go through any current events. I'm not going to give updates on the virus. I'm going to talk about some of the things I've heard. I could easily sit here and do a show and pull out detail after detail after detail and probably scare the shit out of you with connections that I'm making in my mind. Are those connections in my imagination? Are those connections based on bad or false information? Uh, Are they misguided judgments? That's up to uh, whoever is hearing that to decide. But I'm not not going to do that right now. I want to talk about our own mental health during these trying times. Right or wrong, if you're feeling fear, you need to deal with it. Whether this virus ends up being nothing, like Ebola, like SARS, and everything else that has been thrown at us in in this fear-based media, you still need to manage your anxiety. How will you feel if you freak out and then two weeks later this disappears like Ebola did and everything's fine? That's something that goes through my mind. The flip side, what if your fear is justified? 
I want to share kind of what I've been going through because I have shared this journey with all of you. I don't want to say from the beginning because it started when I was a little kid, but from the beginning of my choice to aggressively pursue knowledge and publicly share it. So it's been about six years that I've been public and we've been through a lot together. And I I feel I owe it to you to be honest about what I'm feeling and thinking during a situation like this because We've flirted with this possibility, not directly a pandemic, but we have covered societal changing events. And I know a lot of you listening have felt, maybe for your entire lives, that at some point in your existence you would face a challenge that may seem apocalyptic. Did I say apocalyptic? Apocalyptic? Whatever, you know what I mean. Maybe we watch too much, uh, you know, end of the world type of movies and TV shows. I know I do. Maybe that inner voice has been preparing us for something. I'm going to take a a break from that for a minute. It's heavy, I know. Um, And I want to shift gears before I get too deep into it. There's two things I want to do. I want to share a remote viewing experience I had just last night. And I want to share an excerpt from my book that I think is relevant. Um, I want to share it with you. So last night, I did a remote viewing session. Now, I got this list of targets uh, a couple weeks ago. The list of targets, however, was created long before coronavirus came out. My target was not the coronavirus. And maybe just because of what's going on with coronavirus, I, I, I felt that much more impacted by the target. But I have to say, now this is my analysis of it. I haven't gotten any feedback on my data yet. But in looking at the data, I was—I feel I was spot on. I had a lot of, um, a lot of hits. I had a lot of contact with the target. Sorry, as I'm watching this, I'm getting more coronavirus alerts. They're and they're updating the deaths like crazy. Um, I had some some excellent target contact. My timeline was off just a little bit, I, I believe. I'll wait until I get the official feedback from it. But I got this, uh, a couple different things. I had, one of the first things I said was that there was a an airborne structure or an aircraft. I had an aircraft as an AOL. I had open spaces. And then I went into this scene where I've never viewed a target where I've picked up on life forms. And here I picked up on multiple life forms. Uh, I saw a bunch of people, and then I also saw a bunch of animals and livestock. And I kept getting this feeling of, I like it here. I like the energy that I'm feeling here. Excuse me. I'm grabbing my data here. Forgive the noise in the background. Um, I got a, a land-sea interface. I was seeing parts of land, parts of the water, and just a lot of life. And it felt like... In, in my interpretation of it, I wrote down it was like a like a farmer's market. I had the word happy there. Again, lots of people, crowded, busy, structure. 
my locations were way off, but um, I did have something in the beginning, like Exxon Valdez oil spill. I drew some things that were uh, of interest, some structures here. There's one more thing. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm looking for something that I wrote. This was weird. I just had a phrase pop into my head. Uh, again, I had feelings this place is nice. Bear with me, guys. Almost there. I wrote on my eighth page in. Um, I wrote, we are the ones chosen. And that really impacted me when I found out what the target was. So I had this scene of a place that I thought felt really nice. It was bustling with life. It was... <clears throat> had animal life, had people life, and it was just, it was just a, nice, a nice energy. And I really... I was taken by that. I, I liked it. I liked the way it felt. Finished my session, I wrote up my analysis, I reported the data. My conscious interpretation of that data was, um, again, farmer's market scene, not what the target was. The target itself was the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. So at first I was like, man, I completely missed this target. I was way off. I went through and started looking at my sketches, and I definitely drew a mushroom cloud. I interpreted it wrong, but I definitely sketched a mushroom cloud. And I looked at pictures of Hiroshima before the bombs fell and found matches to the things that I sketched. People, livestock, the farmer's market feel. I just thought about that energy I felt. And the first thing I felt was, these are good people. And that bomb was dropped on them. And I felt that there was a message or a lesson. And as a remote viewer, this is, the, this is probably the first time I had a real powerful response after that session. I didn't experience death. I didn't perceive the atomic bomb. I didn't perceive any of that stuff. I think I saw the bomb the craft, uh, but then my focus on life was before the life ended because it was happy. It felt good. And that just really resonated with me, especially in the light of the coronavirus right now. Good, happy people may be impacted negatively. Um, but it was an interesting target. It, it, it was, uh, I'm proud of it. Um, but I'm learning, you know, remote viewing, it, it affects you. It, it's an, amazing way to learn about thing i connected with that target in a way that you will never get from a history book and that was pretty cool so i wanted to share that um there's a part of my book that i want to share it's towards the end of the book it's a sub chapter here and i call it purpose at times it seems like our existence is engulfed in a continual state of suffering Petrol wars, famine, disease, hunger, homelessness, and horrible acts of animal cruelty proliferate the entire planet. When we find ourselves caught in the middle of one of life's many hardships, we may wonder about the reason for such suffering, but more often than not are quick to rationalize the problem with trite little sayings such as, it's God's will, 
where everything happens for a reason. With such a statement, we are then able to continue on with our lives, believing we are powerless to enact change to prevent future suffering for ourselves or anyone else in the world because a higher power wills it to be so. In other words, such sayings empower us to do nothing. But why? Why do we continually allow for suffering of life on this planet? Does our species as a whole crave the suffering of our fellow man and animal life? Is there an angry God up in the sky wreaking havoc on this planet as a form of punishment? Or are we being manipulated into doing these things that harm the life around us? In exploring the possibility that we are being manipulated, we know this can be done through the electromagnetic field. But looking deeper, we have to wonder if we've been designed to accept the programming of an authority, leaving us vulnerable to manipulation to cause harm. Much like AI is currently being programmed to do our bidding, maybe our species was once programmed to serve our masters. The Mayan Popovu tells us the gods wanted to make man to nourish and sustain them, and the Babylonian Enuma Elish tells us man was created as a slave race for the gods. Should it come as a surprise then that mankind is so easily manipulated given they are designed for a life of servitude? Furthermore, is it surprising that mankind willingly submits to the will of an authority? It would seem that our species instinctually desires to be ruled and finds comfort in being herded. We can easily turn a blind eye of ignorance on the massive amounts of suffering in the world. Are we that careless? Or is there a different mechanism at work that allows, us our, allows for our permission of suffering in the world? Let us make him who shall nourish and sustain us. What shall we do to be invoked in order to remember, be remembered on earth? We've already tried with our first creations, our creatures, but we could not make them praise and venerate us. So then, let us try to make obedient, respectful beings who will nourish and sustain us. That's from the Popol Vuh. If we look to the, the Babylonian creation myth known as the Enuma Elish, we see that Marduk, and after defeating the goddess Tiamat, commanded Ea to create man, quote, on whom the toil of the gods will be laid so they may rest. Tablet 6, line 8. Ultimately creating man into a life of servitude to the gods and assisting them with their tasks. Are we pre-programmed to accept hardship and other loose-producing events in our lives? We may sometimes fall victim to these terrible energies, but may, we may also be responsible for generating them. Our beliefs and our passions can blind us to the harm we may be causing, and our fears can motivate us to acts of cruelty. Whether we are targeting racial groups for discrimination, shouting insults at political rivals, or protesting one of the infinite causes that seem to spring up regularly, we have to recognize that we may be contributing to the problem. We may be spreading the toxic flow of energy that infects others and amplifies the issue and produces more louche. But if we become mindful of our energetic output, we may be inclined to make different choices. If we are aware of the programming being thrown at us, we may have more strength to enact countermeasures. But if we continue to allow ourselves to remain in a state of ignorance, then we leave ourselves wide open and vulnerable to forces well aware of the open energetic doorway to influence and manipulate human thoughts, behaviors, and actions. And I felt that was highly relevant to what's going on today. To the programming 
that we're seeing in the media. And this is why I feel like I'm losing my mind sometimes. Because my instincts are telling me this is something to take seriously. But then I look around me and so many people are saying this is nothing. And I often wonder, have I finally snapped? Have I read one too many deep, dark conspiracy theories and this is it? I look at stories in the media and my interpretation of them is bad. When I see death counts, when I see quarantines, when I see that, I look at the agenda behind it and I think, well, why are they giving these constant updates on this virus if it's nothing to be concerned about? Why are we hearing that other countries are quarantining if we shouldn't be making preparations? Why are they telling us that it's not a danger to the U.S. yet, but it can be? Or that it's not a pandemic yet, but the chances are that it will be. It's like they're telling us we see this storm coming, but we're not going to take extreme measures to stop it yet. I feel that three weeks ago, we should have shut everything down. The economy already took a hit anyway. Why didn't we? I look at that in action, and that gives me concern that this is more than just a virus spreading and inept leadership is at the helm. I think it's more than that. But again, I'm trying not to get too much into that aspect of it. I'm scared. I was scared all week and I didn't know how to process it. I was scared almost to the point of inaction, and that's something I've never experienced before. Certain things like supplies that I knew I needed to buy, I just couldn't bring myself to making that purchase. I'm not exactly sure why. I was frozen and just kept watching the news feed, the death toll, conspiracy theories. It's been, uh, it's been rough, and I had a couple breakdowns, and I think what challenged me even more is that there's people that I care about who don't think like me, who are not taking this the way I am. And I am not one to push my beliefs on people. With something like this, though, I felt so much anxiety in trying to make sure I had conversations with these people, knowing that they were not going to listen, knowing that some of them were going to be angry with me. And that messed me up, man. Because then the thoughts that are going through my head is, well, am I going to feel stupid if there's nothing to this? But more importantly than that, it's frustrating when you believe something and you believe your reasons are valid and you're not even heard. I had a couple 
Facebook heated debates too. Um, it didn't really go anywhere. And I wasn't like Chicken Little saying the sky is falling. I was leaving open-ended questions on Facebook. I was sharing some some of the articles that were out there and just saying, what do you think about this? Anybody feel that we should get prepared? And I, and I have to say, I do have a lot of friends who were like, yep, I'm getting stuff. I'm, I'm packing up and preparing, whatever. But it's the ones that didn't. For some reason, it really caused me a lot of anxiety. So, yesterday, Saturday, didn't look at the news at all. And I had an excellent yoga session. And I had a really powerful meditation. And then I spent the day doing projects around the house. Unrelated to prepping, but necessary for my home. And it was the best I felt in weeks. I felt really good. And I reconnected with that intuition, with that energy, with that force. And I felt everything's going to be okay. It's not saying that this virus isn't bad. I just felt that there are some things I can control and there are some things I can't control. This is a time to trust your instincts, whatever they tell you. If they tell you the opposite of what I'm saying, then trust them. My instincts are telling me to take this seriously. And in the moments when I can quiet the panic, quiet the embarrassment, quiet the shame that I've been experiencing and just focus on what my instincts tell me I should be doing, I feel pretty good. I've been saying it for a couple years, do the inner work. You have to be able to calm yourself. You have to be able to tap into that intuition during times like this. And you have to know when to unplug. I challenge you, when you're done listening to this broadcast, give yourself 24 hours of no news updates. I promise you, I promise you, if something major happens... You're going to find out. Somebody's going to call you, text you, tell you. You'll find it somewhere. But try to unplug. If you're obsessing like me, try to unplug. Now, if you're not obsessing like me, if you're not having the panic that I had this week, I want to put something else out there, and that's to be kind to people who are saying certain things. Now, there are people who are just profiting off of this. There are people who are just spreading fear. I know in my case, I, you know, I had some people give me a hard time at first. I was sharing things because I was trying to find a way to open a dialogue because I felt so anxious inside. It was a cry for help, really. Hey, somebody talk me down. But I couldn't flat out say that. I just couldn't bring myself to say, talk me down. Because 
there's so much shit in my head that the majority of the people in my life don't know about because they've never studied it. So they see this coronavirus and it's just a virus. A lot of us out there see this and we think of cullings. Things that the ancient world has told us through their texts that have survived. Secret governments, UFO agendas, all that conspiracy stuff, which some of it might be total crap. Some of it might not be. But that has shaped our worldview. And there's no shame in that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is if somebody seems over the top, I I encourage you to reach out to them. Not to argue. Not to tell them they're wrong. Because I had people just throwing facts at me saying, but here's this. Here's what the CDC says. Here's what this says. And it just infuriated me. I don't want that. I want somebody to comfort me. Not with facts. I want somebody to validate, hey, it's all right to be scared. It's okay to be scared. I don't want to be told there's nothing to be afraid of. I, there is something to be afraid of. Doesn't mean it's real, but I have something to be afraid of. And I think we have a misunderstanding of mental health here in this country and in this world. Um, so I ask that if you encounter somebody who seems over the top, it doesn't have to be public. Send them a private message. Hey, are you okay? Doesn't mean you have to drink the Kool-Aid. Just reach out to them. I know that the few people who I trust and respect that reached out to me and said, hey, uh, I'm dealing with this too. I'm getting prepared. People who don't... Uh, who aren't into the conspiracy world like I am. Just people I know and care about who um, who don't get into this stuff, but had they know that I have an interest in, you know, survival stuff, um, have reached out to me and said, hey, Dennis, I'm nervous about this too. And that was very comforting to me. It's just reassurance that I'm not alone and I'm not crazy. Well, maybe I am crazy. But anyway, it was um, was helpful to me. So I ask that you be mindful. So what are you doing? What are you doing to handle this? Now, I'm sure you go on any website. I'm sure you, you, at this point, you know what you need. What I don't understand is there's no harm in preparing. None. Just prepare. That's it. If you're wrong, you got some extra food. I, I I don't get it. But beyond that, if you're feeling panicked right now, again, step one, unplug tomorrow. Do not look at the news. Step two, do something for you that you enjoy doing. Because I'll tell you what, this is going to play out the way it's going to play out no matter what you do. And for me, just doing some stuff around the house yesterday, it allowed, it really allowed me to forget and let go of a lot of this stuff. So I'd highly recommend you do something like that. And then, 
before you look at the news, take pause, take inventory, and ask yourself, what do I need? What do I need to do? What do I need to purchase? Where do I need to be? At what point am I going to make a decision to leave or shelter in place or carry on business as usual? Identify those. Don't obsess over them. Make a list if you need to. Get your stuff in order. Stop watching the news. If big news hits, you'll know. That way you can focus on what you need to do without the anxiety. Now, if you're feeling the anxiety and panic, I'd say that's normal. It's it's scary times we're in right now. Again, whether there's something to this or not, it's scary. Take care of yourself. Take care of your, your mental faculties. Do something that helps you feel at ease, at peace. That's I can't I can't stress that enough. Stay away from the fear porn. Uh, I, I hope my program is not coming off as fear porn. I, my intent is really to share my just I just wanted to share my feelings with you guys out there of how I how I felt about this. Um, and that's it. You guys have been with me from the beginning of this. How are you going to manage it? What are you going to do? Once I gathered what I felt I needed to gather, and I don't have everything I want yet, but once I started taking steps, I really, a lot of my stress lifted and went away. Your intuition, your gut knows what you need to do. Do it. Just do it. Not next weekend. Do it now. And then continue on enjoying your life until the situation changes to the point where you need to take a different course of action. Easier said than done. But I highly recommend it. Alright friends. Look. Like I said, I could go on and on and scare the heck out of you and give you data, give you facts, give you conspiracies, connect some dots for you. I don't want this show to be about that. I just want to connect with you. I want to tell you that we're doing the best we can. You're doing the best you can. You are capable of navigating this. Follow your intuition. As I say at the end of every show, let your intuition be your guide. There has to be a reason why you've been led down this path, why you're listening to this now. I don't know where that leads, though. Okay. I could go on forever. Um, Send me an email. Let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know how you're doing. Um, you know, if things really do start going, send me updates and I can get it out on the air. Because um, I doubt the media is going to be covering this in the detail that it needs to be covered in. So let me know what's going on in your neighborhood, in your area, where you are. 
You can find my email through the contact page at sixcentsmedia.net and uh, keep me posted and I'll see what I can uh, put out there so we can all kind of get a better feel for what's going on in the world around us. I'm going to edit here, my friends. Uh, again, apologies if I scared you. That's not what I'm trying to do. Um, I keep going back and forth, but right now, that's how I feel. Be safe. Make informed, well-thought-out decisions. I'll be back next week. Once again, I'm Dennis Nabby II. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. And let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Oh, <laughs>